Welcome back. This is the Second City Hockey Podcast. Brad Refluger remains. I think he's he's wandered into Shepherd's Parks unknown at this point, so we don't know where he is. Hopefully, he'll be back at some point. There's going to be hockey soon, we hear. But uh, Dave Melton's coming to you here tonight. And I've got a couple of the usual scoundrels with me this evening. First off, Brandon Kane. Say hi to the people. Hello, my peoples. Very well done. Shepard Price, he's making his second appearance on the Second City Hockey Podcast. Shepard, welcome. Hello, people. Hi. How are you feeling about the Lions this year? Oh, Just kidding. Um, we don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm in, after talking to Lester last week, I'm in full Bears mode. So um, I just, yeah, sorry. I, did, I really it's didn't. Okay. You know what? No, no, I'm not sorry. I, it's, I, it's, it's fine. We're, none, of us are, none of us are Packers fans. We all have a common yeah. enemy. We're all good. I mean, we'll get along during hockey season. It'll be a lot more fun. But, you know, yes. hockey's still like 86 million years away. So, yeah, we're here for another Wednesday episode of the Second City Hockey Podcast. Once again, uh, as was the case for last Friday's show, there's still a whole lot of nothing going on in the Blackhawks world. So not really much to touch, touch on there. But there is some big sports news that happened over the weekend. And I imagine uh, everybody that listens to this podcast is probably aware of the retirement of Andrew Luck, the Indianapolis Colts quarterback. That happened on uh, Saturday night, happened during the preseason game with the Bears, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, still bitter about Super Bowl 41, so I, I, I laughed. The reason we wanted to talk about that tonight is we want to kind of bring it into the hockey world because as we were discussing before the show tonight, uh, neither one of us, there's not a ton of hockey players who walked away in their primes, at least not like the type of prime that Andrew Luck was in. The main thing I want to ask you guys about tonight, and Shepard or Brandon, if either one of you guys want to take this, um, when you, when you saw the news about Andrew Luck, as I imagine at some point your mind kind of turned to hockey. Were there any uh, any instances that kind of rang a bell in your minds? Uh, I'll go first. Um, Marion Hossa well, uh, would still be very much a third liner on the, on the Chicago Blackhawks roster. If he, right. If, if he didn't have a skin condition that caused him to retire way too early and he was still able to play, I feel like he'd st- be, st- still be making a serious impact in both ends of the ice. Um, I, he was a force to be reckoned with, especially that last season. He came back. He was a great middle six contributor. Mm-hmm. He'd be a great veteran to have around this young team right now. And I'm and still not sure the Blackhawks replaced him. No, it, it bums, it bums me out that he's not around. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's interesting. Like that's, you, you mentioned that earlier today and I, I kind of, um, I guess that that's the best Blackhawks example of that that I can think of. Although Hosa was still what, 36, 37 when he walked away, but still like it was a player who didn't get to leave on his own terms. I think, I think is the, the commonality there. Although um, Andrew Luck didn't quite have the success that Marion Hosa did, but, but still, I mean, there was like you were saying Shepard, like Hosa still had so much to give. Yeah. He's, and and it's, again, especially on and off the ice, because he, he would have been a great mentor for the ring cat. He would have, he probably would have helped Saad along more. And then he'd be great to like, with Kirby Doc, maybe in, at third line center, who better to pair with him than Marion Hosa, who can teach him both ends of the ice? Absolutely. And I mean, that's what the line that the Blackhawks had that just wrecked teams in the middle of the 2010s was uh, Sod, excuse me, it was Sharp, Taves, and Hosa. So, you know, like you said, you can having maybe if Hosa bumps down to the third line and then 
Kirby Doc's a center, like I'm, I'm sure if Marion Hosa was still in the NHL, he'd be a 40, 50 point guy without much difficulty. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. I'm still, still Sky Point Marion Hosa. Brandon Kane, what about you? Do you have any? Uh, did that trigger any hockey memories in your mind? Uh, Pavel Bure was the one that okay. came to my mind. Um, just because he was, you know, kind of in that performance area that Luck had where he was at the top of his, not like the top echelons, but like right below that in that tier, um, right. scoring goals at will, um, and then a knee injury, and then the lockout, and then it was just like, oh, I'm done. That was the one thing that kind of like, as far as a player comparison at that level, that came to my mind. And generally, like, personality-wise, I think that would match it too. Right. I I don't know anyone who liked Beret unless you were your favorite team was playing against him and he scored it on you. You know, you watch highlights and you're like, oh shit, that was nice. And and totally <laughs> totally off subject. Isn't is Pavel Bure the one that's married to Candace Cameron? I have the, who's idea. she was she was someone on Full House. I believe it's his brother. Uh, okay, I can remember if it was Pavel or. If it was Val, and I'm actually I have to Google this now because I need to know these things because this is the type of the things that get discussed when it's the middle of <laughs> late or late August. It is it is Valerie Bure. There you go. D- right. I think she was DJ Tanner on Full House back in the day. Yeah. Anyway, I we're, was it three minutes in? We're already wildly off topic. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's August, all right. And just um, and notice that I didn't mention like the whole mafia thing with him. So. I mean, you can you can look that up on your own time. If you want, <laughs> I, I'm going to because I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, but I'm definitely in. <laughs> I, I need to hear more. So, so when we were talking about this, uh, I actually just googled hockey players who retired early because there weren't too many players that jumped out into mind. And and the name at the top of the list, and I didn't I didn't realize he that he had sort of retired early was Ken Dryden. Granted, I I, I think I can be exempt from not knowing this because he retired in 1979, which is well before I was born. And I'm pretty sure well before you guys were born. Uh, Dryden retired at the age of 31, only played eight hockey seasons. And a goalie at the age of 31, still very much in his prime. So I, I had, and like I was telling you guys, I had no idea that he'd retired that early in his career. And uh, I, as I saw someone mention that if, if he'd hung around for oh, three or four more years, the whole Patrick Waugh situation may have never happened in Montreal. And who knows where his career ends up. Uh, a few of the other names on this list, and I think some of these are going to be more familiar. Bobby Orr is a big one who had a ton, a ton of uh, knee injuries that kind of cut his career short, but he was still playing into his mid-30s, I believe. Um, Blackhawks legend Bobby Orr, by the way. Can't forget that. Um, and this see some of the names on this list. Kent Nilsson, who I'm not incredibly familiar with. Mike Bossy, who was one of the like prototypical offensive defensemen, I believe. Mike Bossy is one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. Yeah, uh, and, and, and he was—he wasn't a defenseman, was he? Am I? Am I no. making? Okay, he, he was a. I knew Mike winger. Bossy played for the Islanders. For some reason, yeah. I always thought he was a defenseman, and I'm very wrong. So I'm—I'm I'm expecting plenty of insults now for my lack of hockey, my lack of 1980s New York Islander hockey knowledge, lack of the dynasty knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, and Bobby Orr was 30 when he retired as a member of the Blackhawks. So I guess even. Uh, even he retired fairly in the middle of his prime. Some of the other names on this list, Cam Neely. Cam Neely was the player I was thinking of, not Bobby Orr. Cam Neely was a guy whose career was prematurely ended by a 
a nasty knee to knee hit from former Blackhawks assistant coach Alf Samuelson. And he had, he's had knee and hip issues, and he was never the same player again. Pat LaFontaine was one of the the first another player on this list, and I remember he had major concussion issues. Mario Lemieux on this list, although his story is completely different because of the cancer diagnosis, and he ultimately came back. Then there's Pavel Bure on the list. And then the last one, which I don't even know if this counts because he's still playing hockey, it's Ilya Kovalchuk. But it's just because he left and voided the last 12 years of his contract, and he went to play in Russia. So, so, so there's the list from the hockey news of 10 players who left the NHL at the top of their game. Would, would Yarmou Yager count then? Because he, he, he also left for uh, the KHL. That's true. Top of his game. That's true, but he was still – he was still like – I feel like he was like 31, 32, wasn't he, when he left? Let's see, he was – I mean, for Yager, that's the top of his game because Yager's <laughs> prime lasted forever. True. Well, I mean, it was the, the – his prime was like between 25 and 28 when he went – he scored 102 points in 127 to 96 and 121 in the turn of the century. And then two years later, he left. And then there was a lockout. Or no, he left it, was it after 2008 is when he went back to Russia at the age of 35. Not really, not really still in his prime, I guess. I mean, if a guy plays till he's, what, 46, his prime is probably longer than most guys. Yeah, so when was Chris Chelios' prime? Because he's isn't he still playing somewhere in the minors, or did he finally stop playing? I'm sure. No, he's he stopped. Okay. <laughs> I just I just assumed Chelios was still playing hockey somewhere, just because every time I thought he retired, he'd surface like in the AHL or ECHL. Or they'd revive the IHL and let him play in that league. Just he's trying fun. to he's trying to pull the Gordy Howe and play when he's sixty. Well, he was playing with his kids for a while too, wasn't he? Didn't he play with one of his sons on the Wolves? Yeah, the older one. I so, feel like there was a guy from the Penguins, like, right – like, the season before their first cup in the Mark 2000s. Ricky? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like one of them – like, he was up there in, like, points with Crosby, and then he retired. I don't know. I might be wrong. It wasn't Bill Ga- – like, Bill Guerin is – um, Minnesota Wild GM Bill Guerin. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at their like scores from the year before. I mean, Peter Sikora just went to a different team. Yeah, Ryan, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, Sergey Gonchar is the player you're talking about. Nope, because he kept playing. No, he so. he, he kept playing. <laughs> yeah. So so no, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'm just thinking up random stuff. Who knows? And, and Mark Recchi was 38 in two years before the Penguins won the cup and he finished that season with Carolina or no, he finished that season in Pittsburgh and then he retired. So Off wait, to no. sunset. So yeah, no. And Recky actually kept playing. Never mind. I'm reading the uh, hockey reference page wrong. So yeah, kind of the, the point, uh, the other thing I want to talk about regarding this is so many of the hockey players that have retired early, like it was, it was concussions or, or like big, like knee, like major knee injuries or major hip injuries, some like major thing that like crippled their, or just, I shouldn't say crippled, but just they were never ever able to get back to 100% and be the players that they were prior to the injury. With Andrew Luck, it seems like it was just like a multitude of injuries that just built up over time and all the rehab and everything he had to do. And he just was like, and he just couldn't take it anymore. And as he was talking about his press conference, he didn't really, he he's it's he stopped loving the game of football and that's why he quit playing. 
And I was trying to think if there's ever been a hockey instance of that. And that that's where I, I kind of drew a blank because it feels like there's like, there's two totally different sports. Like I think I, I was listening to Lawrence Holmes on the score earlier today and he was talking about the way that football debilitates you and hockey is certainly a physical sport. And I don't want to take away from that. They play 82 games a year, but it's a different kind of physicality. It's more of just a, it's, it feels like it's more of a grind where football is just like a catastrophic, you know, throw you up, throw your body off a cliff every Sunday and, and hope it survives the fall. Hockey's just more of like every two or three nights you're going to get, you're, you're going to get run into the ground and you got to build back up for the next game. It's just, it's a different kind of grind. So I guess what I wanted to ask you guys, is there just any type of, do you see any parallels between the way hockey grinds on you and the way football grinds on you? And maybe that's why, the, the differences in the grind of those two sports is why we haven't seen hockey players walk away from the same reason that Andrew Luck did. Don't all jump at once. I don't know if they're really, I don't know. Stumped I feel them. like being, I feel like being, yeah, that's the first. Um, I feel like being a quarterback and like having knee problems and everything that he went through, it's just like, you know, like you drop back and, if you don't have five Quentin Nelsons in front of you, you're going to get your ass handed to you. <laughs> so wake up the echoes. Yeah. So he's just like dropping back and he's like, Oh, well I'm going to get killed. Whereas like in hockey, you can kind of like, you would think evade an enforcer type. If a team still has one of those, you'd be like, okay, well I'm good for a few games. We play teams that aren't as heavy on the puck and stuff. Well, it, it, I guess like you can get, up you can get through hockey games without getting hit. Like, I mean, Patrick Kane very rarely gets squared up by another opponent. Cause that's, that's just how good of a skater he is and how shifty he is. Right. Even, so that's how he's able to survive being an undersized guy. Like in football, you can't really like, it's, you know, it's really difficult to get through a game without getting pummeled. Well, I shouldn't say pummeled, but it's, it's, it's hard to get through football without getting hit because the, the physicality is part of the sport. Like you have to bring a guy to the ground to stop the play. That's not the case in hockey. So it feels like there's two different sports. Um, I mean, Shepard, am I, am I in the yeah. ballpark here? Like, does this make sense? You're, or am you're, I... you're right. Cause like, you're, you're, they're two very physical sports, but they're physical in different ways. And also they're headed different directions. Cause it wasn't Andrew, just Andrew Luck this season who retired because he sort of lost the love of the game. And it's not just a quarterback thing because Rob Gronkowski went through the same like injury process that Luck did where he had right. an injury basically every season. And he also mentioned uh, recently that he also lost the love of the game. And that's why he also had to retire because he just got hurt so many times and just it wore on him. Right. Whereas like, and, and hockey is moving sort of away from physicality. Cause if you look at the most elite players, Shea Theodore hits like 12, 12 times a season Connor McDavid hit 35 times last season. He only had 35 hits. That's uh, not a lot, especially as as, as com- uh, compared to the dead puck era. We're sort of moving away from physicality in hockey, as we sort of as even though even though the NHL might not want it to get out as as concussion data is released, whereas football has no choice but to stay football. And and I mean, I think that was my favorite thing about the Blackhawks when they were so dominant was because they were they were the antithesis of that meathead mentality that you just have to run everyone into the ground. You know, Ryan Kessler, no human can withstand that many hits. Well, they did. They did. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, and like they, I, it was, it was proving that you don't have to, you can play a skill based game and a possession, a puck possession based game and be the best team in the NHL 
without having to resort to, you know, goonery all over the ice. And I think that was my favorite thing about those Blackhawks team is they, they prove that like you can win, you can just outskill and outpossess everybody. And uh, I, I think that's still, I think that's still true. Like I don't, I don't think the Blues were necessarily such a goony team this year. I think they – I mean, they have Vladimir Tarasenko, and they had defensemen who were jumping in the play and scoring goals like Petrangelo in the – I think in the decisive cup-winning game, he had a big goal that he jumped in from the blue line to score. So I think that was – that's another thing that with hockey, like you said, Shepard, that it's it's going away from the physicality and, like, the fighting numbers keep dropping every year. They're getting away from the things – that would grind players into the ground and make them walk away early. So maybe this might continue happening in football because it's the nature of the game and they can't do anything about it. But hockey, hockey's moving away from it. So it, it was never really a problem to begin with. And it's going to continue to not be a problem in hockey because, because that's the way the game's going. There's also like only 20 games in the NFL if you're counting preseason. So why? If you if you want to you know get your shots off and let out your aggression, you only got one day of the week to do it. Right. So you're gonna go harder than you know you got four or five hockey games in a week. And you're like, well, don't really have any animosity towards these guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So switching gears a little bit, there's a little bit of hockey news that will be coming up by the time we record our next podcast, which should be. Uh, coming up here in in early September, I can't remember the date, but I don't have a calendar in front of me. But you know, two Wednesdays from today, whatever that is. Uh, but and around that time, I believe is when Prospect Camp will be happening up in or the Prospect Tournament, I believe it's called. What Brandon, you know about this Traverse City hockey things? Go ahead, talk. Yeah, because <laughs> I can't. All right. uh, <laughs> oh man. So, so first thing, um, there's going to be Victor Aitzel and. Oh, he's still Shepherd. alive. Yeah, Shepard, hit me with the name. Oh, Rupe Lo- uh, Levin. Ah, why, why can't I say it now? Rupe Levinen. There yes. we go. Those two Blackhawks prospects will be playing in Champions League hockey. Um, it's a 32-team tournament in Europe. Um, they're both in it. Wooter Peters is in it. I don't. Oh, know. hey. I don't know if he'll play or if he's just going to be sitting with the towel on the bench. Um, he's just there for, he's just there for fun. Right. So, um, all three of those guys are in it. Um, I would say the first two probably likely to play, um, Levinen. Hey, got it. Um, he's been on the second pairing for HPK. Uh, it's a Finland club out of Helsinki and Aitzel's obviously going to play. Um, so There's going to be a post up on that uh, Wednesday, so it'll have the schedule for all three of those teams. And they have YouTube streams, so you can just hop on those when you're at work and watch them. They're normally in the middle of the day. so There we go. Perfect distraction. And then uh, the KHL starts up this weekend. Um, So your favorite Russian boys will be in action. Um, Maxim Shalinov. Yeah, Shalunov. Yeah, Shalunov. I don't. I might have said it. Yeah, Shalunov. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that guy. In Alti, they'll be uh, in Kumyov. They'll, they'll all three, and then um, Nelamov too. Maybe I don't know. SKA looks deep in goal. Maybe he'll play. I don't know. There you go. 
Um, so all those, and then prospect camp, there's eight teams, I think, 10. I wrote this today. At Traverse um, City. Way to go. Yeah, <laughs> in Traverse City. Um, Nailed it, Brandon. Right. So that starts uh, September 6th, and they do round-robin play, and they're separated into two divisions. So it's Chicago, St. Louis, Toronto, Detroit are in the Gordie Howe division. Um, of course they are. And the Maple Leafs are in the tournament in place of Carolina, who is not in it this year. Um, and then in the Ted Lindsay division, there's Columbus, New York Rangers, Stars, and Wild. And maybe the Maple Leafs can finally win a championship. <clears throat> I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> so so that, goes, that goes Friday, Saturday. Then they don't play Sunday. And then they play Monday. And then depending on where they – fall in the group they'll just match up with the opposing division finisher and then they have placement games all day tuesday um and that that has been streamed on fox sports go in the past so that's what i would think would be the case this year hopefully when you you're talking about the the champions league that they're having in Europe. Is that similar to what they do for soccer where it's like the top two from this league, the top two from this league all get thrown into a tournament? Is it yes. the same principle? Okay. Guess- uh, pretty much. There's some founding teams for your, like from Sweden, Finland, and a couple other leagues. Um, so they have more teams represented. Mm-hmm. And then there's playoff champions for your like lesser leagues. Um so, and that's all detailed in the post that people yeah. read later on. But that, that's one of my biggest disappointments of being a fan of, Amer- of American sports is I, I watch the Champions League every year, or watch the Champions League final every year. And it, it's so cool to have like four or five leagues from different countries. It's you can send four or five teams from different countries, from different, entirely different leagues into a tournament, and you really can crown like a legitimate, like world champion best team on the sport and it's really hard to do with all the american sports because there just aren't that many other leagues like there's no there's no american football leagues in europe that i know of or at least not on par with the nfl same thing with baseball and basketball and even hockey like if you sent you know you sent a cup winner to play the top swedish elite league team the cup winner is going to destroy him probably i assume so it's I, that's the one thing that I, I'm really jealous of European sports fans is that they get something like that to watch every year. Well, the Blackhawks did play the team in Zurich that Kruger's playing for, uh, CSE Lions in the Victoria CSC Cup. And, um, and, and they and lost. <laughs> and they lost 2-1. to one, so. Well, that was a preseason game, though, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was in, yeah, it was at the end of September. So, okay. And that was taking the old Champions League format winner against the Stanley cup winner. And then that's how they determined it. So, I mean, I guess what they could do is they could have the champions league winner, the champions league runner up the KHL champion and the Stanley cup champion and do like a four team thing. And you just have the team that takes second in champions league and put them against the Stanley cup winner. Cause you, feel like that'd be the lowest seed, right, against the highest one. There you go. Make it happen. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like there's no – There's there's, there's no, no perfect way to do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really hard to do just because the – and those other three leagues, the American leagues are just 
so much more above. It's not a level playing field like it is with soccer where, you know, Spain and Germany and England and all these teams can compete against each other. So, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe one day when we grow up, we'll, we'll be able to get one of something like that. That'd be cool. So switching gears once again, without so many things to talk about in Blackhawks world, other than the stuff we just discussed there. Um, we were, as I was looking at the schedule, we were talking earlier today about, you know, Blackhawks road trips and uh, Brandon and Shepard. I don't know how much you guys have partaken in them. I've been to St. Louis a few times for some I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> despise the St. Louis blues and I love talking. I love hating St. Louis as much as every other Chicago sports fan, but St. Louis isn't a bad town. Like it's not, it's not like the pizza's terrible. I'm not going to say it's nowhere near as good as Chicago, but like there's, there's little pockets. There's some neat little areas in that town. Pappy Smokehouse is phenomenal. Oh yeah. So, that's good. So yeah. So, but I'll uh, say that and the Hill neighborhood top notch. Like if you, if you go there, go to the Hill neighborhood, you'll find some good eats in that area. Well, Shepard's been quiet for a while. I don't want to, you know, hog up all the airtime here. So I, uh, I've never been to I've never been to St. Louis, and hopefully, I never will be. Well, have you ever seen the Blackhawks on the road before? Uh, unfortunately, yeah, yes, I have. I've seen them in both uh, Staples Center in LA, and I've seen them in Boston. Oh. And both both experiences are fantastic. I love TD Garden. Uh, we don't have really have a rivalry with Bruins anymore. I mean, 2013 happened, but like that favored us, so there's no reason to hate them. When it did, was nice to see. It was oh, nice no, no, there's plenty of reasons to hate a team from Boston. There, there's uh, – and now we can hate them because they let the Blues win the Cup. That's true. That's true. They did, <laughs> they did let the Blues win the Cup. Although they did, they did save, the, save us in 2011 when they beat the Canucks and prevented them from winning the Cup, which is still, still, still makes me laugh just a little bit. But, so so they're, they're about even. So what, when did you go see the Blackhawks in Boston? Uh, it was my last year in college, so that was 2017. So, so any animosity from like the 2013 Cup had been, uh... yeah, it had been it, it had been gone, and it was nice to see. Oh, that's no fun. The excellent, I mean, a lot of fun because Boston still has a lot of good players. They they right. have the Mar- Marchand Bergeron Pasternak line going. What what was the experience like being in the stadium? Like, was there? Um, I mean, did you run into a lot of the the mass holes that are out there, or was it more uh, more of a friendly thing? As a person who spent four years in Boston as uh, at college, I can't. I don't believe in mass holes. Oh, okay. I just there's, I've heard that term. I heard that term before, so I wanted to throw it out there and see what happened. <laughs> there, there's there's definitely such a thing, but I I like to defend the people of Boston. But uh, oh, okay, it just it feels a lot smaller than Madhouse. I'll say that TD Gardens feels like. And it feels older because it probably is older, but uh, it just feels smaller. What about LA? How, how was that experience? LA is a basketball stadium. I'll say, I'll say that <laughs> Staples is meant for the Lakers and the Clippers, and is not meant for the Kings. It's not Barclays Center level bad, uh, where you'd consider NASA a uh, genuine uh, replacement, but yeah. it's it's not meant for hockey. It's, I, I'll say that. Okay. Brandon, what about you? Any, any uh, road trip destinations you've been to? We touched on St. Louis, but any of the other places you've gone to? Uh, I've been to Pepsi Center in Denver. And I went there before they did upgrades, and then I went there after. And very nice. Nicely done. Yeah, I was there for the game in March when 
it was the front end of the back-to-back when the Hawks needed to win both. Well, if they had won both, they would have, like, gotten right back into the playoff race. And I think they lost the first game and then won the second in overtime. And that was, like, the beginning of the end of whatever playoff chances they had. But, yeah, I agree. That is that is a very, very nice stadium. I remember the food was really good. I, I don't remember yeah. what I ate, but I remember leaving thinking that was really surprisingly good food at that stadium. Yeah, and the nice thing was both times that I went, the abs weren't great. So oh, okay. tickets were, like, very cheap. Um, they were they were not cheap this year. I can't I can yeah. confirm that. <laughs> they, were, they were not. Especially late in the season when they were winning every game inside because Grubauer had a horseshoe stuck up his ass for three months. Yeah. I, I mean, the abs are definitely second on the totem pole out there in Denver as yeah. far as a uh, level of care. So, um, yeah, I, I pounced on tickets that were under a hundred dollars and, you know, 100 level section. I was like, Oh yeah. Do you guys uh, have any, do you guys have any stadiums that are on your wish list of uh, places you really want to go see a hockey game? I mean, I think every hockey fan should have Madison Square Garden on their wish list. Because uh, who doesn't want to watch a game at Madison Square Garden? Well, you were in Boston. You weren't that far away. Did you go? No, I, I oh, never in New York there. No. Uh, uh, also, Emily really? Arena is apparently really nice. Oh, and in also Tampa? The Tam- it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Who doesn't want I, to go watch the Tampa Bay Lightning right now? Yeah, absolutely. Just, Best jerseys in the league. Just not in April. Well, if you're a Tampa fan, I guess. And then, uh, besides those two, I maybe this maybe the Shark Tank. I'd go. I'd go see a game in San Jose, and also Vegas because they're the new, newest arena right now. And also, who doesn't want to watch a game in Vegas? Yeah, I I just want to go in Vegas. I just want to watch them be. I just want to watch them be Vegas and do all that, like that that elaborate pregame show and everything they have. Like, that's that that fits. That like that's that's exactly what should happen in that city. So it makes perfect sense that they do obnoxious things before a game. And I'd love to go see it personally. Obnoxious things before the game, and then like excellent things on, during the game because yeah. now they have Mark Stone and yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah, usually whooping the Blackhawks' asses whenever they go out there. I don't. The Hawks still haven't beaten the Knights, right? I don't. I don't believe the Blackhawks have beaten the Golden. Yeah. Knights. No. Every, every time the Hawks play the Knights, I feel like I that game just terrifies me. And every time it's just, I yep. know bad things are going to happen. It's like whenever the Hawks play in Philly, like they haven't won in Philly since like the nineties. I remember. I remember looking this up right before I was I jumped. Yeah, on it's twenty four. Absurd how long it's been. It's in the regular season. I have to preface that. Yeah. In regular season, in the regular season. of course. It's like 23, yes. 24 years. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But and I'm looking at the schedule right now, and actually the Hawks game that uh, the Hawks game against the Flyers that is a road game is in the Czech Republic. Don't have to worry about that this season. Although I don't know if that Flyers road curse carries over to Europe. We'll we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I didn't realize that the Hawks start at one o'clock too. Like I knew they were playing in Europe, but yeah. it just didn't dawn on me that that would have to be an afternoon game because of the time difference. So yeah, the Hawks play on Friday, October 4th at one o'clock to start the season. That's, that's going to take some getting used to. Um, Brandon, what about you? Did you have any stadiums that were on your wish list of places you wanted to go see a game? You know, the Saddle Dome. I feel like that's number one for me. Why? Didn't expect Calgary to be the, su- the suggestion. <laughs> Not gonna lie. 
like number one, it just looks cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, so it'd be fun. Um, it'd be even better if they wore their like retro jerseys. Mm-hmm. The red with the, yeah, with the white C. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd be all about that. And I agree with you guys on Vegas and Tampa. Those would be up there. Um, I could give a shit less if I see a game in Montreal. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I kind of want to go see a game in Toronto just because the, the atmosphere. Like when the when Toronto's good, the atmosphere inside the Air Canada Center is pretty cool. Like that's that seems like Bullshit a fun place. But yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to do my fake uh, Canadian accent here. But oh, I do have a story after we after we're uh, we're done with this segment. I have a story about Mike Babcock to share with you fellows. Okay, I'm I'm already <laughs> I'm already looking forward to it. But Toronto is Toronto seems like a fun place, but it's like two hundred and fifty dollars just to get into the building. American or Canadian, I I don't know, but it's it's a lot. I know when the when the Maple Leafs are good like they are right now, it's like trying to see a Bears game in Soldier Field. Like it's triple digits just to get inside the stadium, and that's I I still have to get to Toronto and then pay that much for the tickets. It's just it's just quite the investment. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to go see a game in Nashville just to um really embrace the rivalry there because I, I still think despite the fact that the Predators have been better than the Blackhawks for three years, it still feels like the Predators have a inferiority complex when it comes to the Blackhawks. So I'd love to go down there and partake in that superiority complex. I guess we, as I would have as a Hawks fan, I don't know how that works or not. Yeah. And the other, I, I just want to go to the city of Vancouver, whether or not I go to a game is you know, it's immaterial. I just I heard good things about the city. I've heard it's really nice up there. So, and also yeah. the actual best jerseys in the in the sport, the Canucks. Mm. Mm. I I like the blue ones. I don't. Oh yeah. I don't call them the best in the sport, but I like them. You know where I would have loved to have seen a game that no longer exists? Joe Louis Arena. Joe, Joe Louis Arena. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm upset with myself that I didn't go see a game up there because it's. I mean, from where I live, it's if I can get there in four hours, I. I saw the stadium from the outside. I went to see a Bears Lions game up there and drove by the Joe and said, Oh hey, there it is, and never went inside, never got to go inside. But uh I heard that would have been cool. But oh well. Maybe I'll go to the new Pizza Hut whatever it's called, Little Caesars Arena now. Little Caesars. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so good transition here. Oh um, go last, ahead. Yeah, last month I went up to the uh summer showcase and I walked around Detroit for I don't know, a good hour or so. And their whole little like quadrant area, whatever of like Comerica park, little Caesars and Ford field and Ford field. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's all it's nice. It's a little great little district. I love it down there. Um, so at the summer showcase, I walked in to pick up my credential for it. And none other than Mike Babcock was right in front of me. And whoever was supposed to tell the organizers of it, like USA Hockey, that Mike Babcock was coming, didn't tell them. So <laughs> this is this is the exchange. This is Mike Babcock. I can't wait to hear your Mike, Mike Babcock voice. <laughs> he goes, uh, <laughs> he goes, yep, this is Mike Babcock. And then the the guy at the like ticket gates, like, um, okay. He's like, Mike Babcock. I coach the Leafs. <laughs> and the guy's like looking through the the papers or whatever, and he goes, "There's no Mike Babcock here." 
I don't see the name. And he goes, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I coach them. And there's people, there's people right next to us, like that are paying to get in and they're just laughing because this poor guy doesn't know. And then, and he's like, Mike just like pulls out a $5 and $5 and slaps it on the counter. And it's like, just give me the roster. And he like, he starts walking and he turns around and he goes, you believe that? And I was like, well, that's Mike Babcock talking to me. Um, no, I, I don't believe that, Mike. And then we just like walk into the arena and he like turns to go get a hot dog and uh, Kyle Dubas is right there. And he's like, you see him like gesturing like that he had to pay for it and everything. And they just start laughing about it. And then they like walk away to their perch of where they watch the games. So I was just like, so Mike Babcock had to pay five bucks to get into the summer showcase. Interesting. <laughs> like, uh, so many questions. Like, so he he was supposed to be on the like he had he had to pay five bucks for the roster or five bucks to get in the door. To get into the door. Okay. Because I yeah. I thought like he was like picking up a program and they weren't. Just oh no no no. Program. Okay 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 but. Did, did you walk up and go, I'm Brandon Kane, and get on the list and then walk right in immediately? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> did Mike see that happen? I like that we're referring to him on a first-name basis now. Yeah, yeah, Mike saw it happen. <laughs> He's well, just apparently, like, apparently Brandon Kane's name carries more weight in Detroit than Mike Babcock. I, I guess. I mean, but the, the, the best part... The our last Stanley Cup win. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like within that exchange of like me like getting the credential turning around like talking to him then like a little kid came up probably i don't know like eight or nine had to have like done like a camp or something with babcock in the detroit area because he just like came up and he's like hey mike and they and he like knew the kid's name and they talked a little bit and then he just like looked back at the ticket guy and then walked forward so, so- <laughs> Mike Babcock had just like the most humanizing string of events happen to him ever. <laughs> yeah. It but doesn't... I like, I really felt bad for the ticket guy. Cause I was like, are you just like having a moment where you just like space out and you're like, I know who this is, but like, it's not on the list. Like I, I'm trying to do my job kind of thing or like what's going on there. But yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting exchange. Because if, if you're doing something involving hockey in Detroit, you've got to know who Mike Babcock is. I mean, yeah. like, but somebody that works the box office at a stadium may not necessarily know what the head coach looks like or even knows his name. That's what, I, that's what now I'm trying to decide in my head is, did the person – I mean, the it was at the office... program, though. It was at the U.S. Development Program Arena in Plymouth, so – I would think I'm still trying to decide if that person's going to know sh- if they should know who Mike Babcock is or not. If they're at the USDP for in terms of hockey, where it's not like even there's not even that much basketball. Like, but yeah, like, are they employed? Are they employed by USA Hockey or are they just employed by whatever third party company was running the show that day? No, if I you're employed they're... by USA Hockey, I might get it considering that Babcock coaches Canada. So you might, like, have some sort of rivalry? But I think if oh, – oh, so you're saying they did it on purpose. <laughs> Just Brandon, like... Brandon, you need to go back to Detroit and follow <laughs> up on this, and we need to know 
<laughs> this person was doing this on purpose or not because i, I kind of i kind of it's funnier if they did it on purpose if they did it on purpose because it's canada versus the united states that's the greatest story of all time yeah like, yeah absolutely like, ah, screw you canada yeah i don't i don't know but yeah the whole like the showcase thing was a trip because you just like turn around and you're like oh that oh okay um cool that that was chris pronger all right cool um just just think... walking around the the concourse like a common peasant yeah <laughs> but it was funny because you could see like the little kids were just like oh and then they would point and then the they would like wave and then the kids <laughs> would just be like ah and get all freaked out yeah that, um, so that was cool to see that was my kind of like my experience at the blackhawks prospect camp this year i'd never gone before and it was very interesting to walk in and i, I remember texting brandon as I, I walked in as we were trying to find each other and i said oh i'm standing right behind john mcdonough who was just sitting in the last row of the seats just sitting there talking to a couple other guys in suits that might have been other blackhawks front office people i didn't know but like and then you walk down the row and like uh, they were doing the NBC Sports broadcast team was there, so uh, Pat Boyle and Adam Burrish were doing live audio. I I walked by like every beat reporter on the team, walked by all the radio guys. Just everybody was there, and there was no there was no like special area for them to sit like they are at games. They were just there among the people. Yeah, yeah, that's the most surreal stuff. Because covering the Wolves the last two years, they made the playoffs. One year was against Rockford. And so Stan Bowman was just there out of nowhere and, and seeing him there was surreal. And mm. then this year, uh, new, new Golden Knights GM uh, showed up and that was surreal too. Cause apparently I was sitting like a few row, a few seats down from him the entire time and did, did not realize it. There's always like at the ice hogs or wolves games, there's always like older players that have retired and stuff that are like scouts. Oh. And I always, like, look at the name tag, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> and then I, like, look it up, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's who that is. <laughs> yeah. And then always. there's, like, one guy at a wolf, at the Wolves at, like, Allstate. He, like, always goes to Wolves games, and he, like, knows these players, these ex-players, and he has, like, trading cards and stuff and gets autographs. I'm like, how do you even know this? It just blows my mind. When the one uh, the one Rockford Icehawks game I covered uh, a couple years ago, they my seat on press row was right next to Chris Bowden, who I listened to on the radio all the time, and sat next to him and talked to him the whole game. He was a, he was a really nice guy. I had a uh, really enjoyed talking hockey with him, and it was so interesting to see this guy that you hear on the radio all the time. Just I I looked at my name tag next to me. I thought it was just going to be like a, a local newspaper or something. Oh no, Chris Bowden, the the guy who does the pre and post for the Blackhawks on the radio. And just sitting next to me, like like I like he's a peasant because I'm definitely just one of the common people. So <laughs> there but you yeah. go. <laughs> We're all peasants. It's okay. It's, it's all right. One one maybe one day we'll grow up and do something different. But until then, we'll just uh, we'll just deal with being our peasant selves. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Unless you guys had any more burning thoughts about Mike Babcock stories in Detroit, you wanted to share? No, I got nothing. That's the only one. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm good on my stories. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to walk around and uh, maybe I'll walk around the city and maybe I'll bump into, I don't know, Alpo Suhonen at some point or something. We'll see. And oh, I'll, that'd be, that'd I'll, be I'll report back into, if I run <laughs> Alpo Suhonen, that's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks to Shepard for filling in on such short notice. We appreciate it. A uh, late, late uh, roster shuffle. So thank you for coming out to join us tonight. 
Thanks to Brandon for filling in as well. And thanks to you guys all for listening. We're still doing our second city hockey top 25 under 25 countdown. We're down into the top five this week. So definitely come to the website, secondcityhockey.com and check that out. Follow us on Twitter at 2ND City Hockey and keep your eyes and ears on this space for the next couple of weeks as we'll continue having our Monday shows with the Puck and Red Chicago Girls. And then Wednesday and Friday shows will alternate through the rest of the summer. And eventually, we're going to get back to hockey. I promise. It's going to be coming soon. I can't wait, but we just got to deal with it in the meantime. So thanks again for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da